in I done updated it. I leak your boom boom down. Why the fuck are you singing that? Because me and Daniel were singing that Twelve yesterday. Twelve inches of snow. I did. That's that was his. I know snow is the, is and, the and his name. album's name was Twelve Inches of Snow. <laughs> Daniel and I were talking about that yesterday. Yeah, that, no one knows what it says. No one knows the words. Yeah, of the song. it's uh, yeah, nobody knows. Like, like that's the most popular song that I can think of that nobody like in in a god that. In the, the, in the God of the Vita is close to it. <laughs> but everyone knows it's really in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, but, but you can sing like, in the Garden of Eden, honey, we will always learn <laughs> But like, in former, it's blah, 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 leaky boom, boom, down. I mean, there's leaky no, boom, boom, down. That's no. the only lyric anybody knows yeah. from that song. And it sounds vaguely homoerotic. <laughs> I lick your boom, boom, down. Why does boom, boom have to be male? Why can't we know- boom, boom... Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, I would think Boom Boom is not male, actually. Because actually, over the summer, I said I bought $50. I changed my Facebook status update to be, I just bought $100 of Boom Boom. <laughs> Cocaine? <laughs> no, fireworks, because it was like the 4th of July ah, weekend. okay, that makes And people sense. are like, is this a, I mean, did you get a hooker? Was like, is <laughs> blow? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's fireworks. $100 I did of, not know. of hooker Boom Boom is not much. See, I'm thinking like, you know, the or it's po- low quality. Poot Nanny or Poom or Poom Poom. It's like zoom, the, zoom, zoom, and the poom, poom. It's like the uh, black cats of hookers. Mm-hmm. If you're spending 100 bucks on a hooker, you're getting a black cat that just yeah. turns into, like, a Meow. snake. <laughs> I like the black cats. Uh, call, I have very little experience with fireworks, actually. Call me De Niro. Why? Because I'm into black cats. <laughs> I don't even know. If, he I, likes the if hot If you chocolate. were a raging bull, maybe. I don't De Niro, even know. I hear he likes the hot chocolate. He's what? like the Thomas... Thomas Jefferson. The Thomas Edison of He's the to- hot chocolate. Of, of interracial relationships. <laughs> Blue Yonder, the Thomas Edison of hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, since 1929. <laughs> You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, Peter Streets, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 61 of Blue Yonder. You can find us at baldmove.com. I am Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. And we are going to hit you with some social media shit Bam. right in your faces. We are at twitter.com slash baldmove. We are at facebook.com slash baldmove. We are at every site you go to, just put a slash baldmove after it. We're there. Bam. Yeah. Taking over. Including Gmail, including... uh. Yeah, fuck Gmail. I don't we know. Got a, we got a blue yonder at baldmove.com. The piratebay.org slash baldmove. <laughs> yeah. All of our episodes are up there. It's save bandwidth. We actually upload all of our <laughs> That's not actually a bad a idea. Yeah. 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 We so should do that. You're if any users want to do that or listeners want to do that, uh, feel free. Blue Yonder is sponsored by the Pirate Party of Sweden. <laughs> encourage <laughs> so you to. Better than being sponsored by the Tea Party, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> Slightly. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's it for social media. Uh, what we're talking about this week, we're going to talk about a lot of shit this week. There's a lot going on. Uh, Aaron wants to talk about being money smart geeks. Uh, I want to talk yeah. about good TV versus bad TV. 
Uh, we're going to do some bullshit up front. I, I have a little thing to talk about with Skynet and NASA shuttle program. We're going to talk about the PSN being down, obviously, because, wow, that's a big deal right now. Yeah, I feel, I feel like CNN should be covering this like a hostage crisis. Day CNN. six of the PSN being down. CNN on PSN. Darth Vader saying, this is PlayStation Network being down. <laughs> okay. Terrible. So why don't we get right into that, uh, the PSN So we're doing the bullshit up front? Let's, let's move the bullshit to the I front. Almost yeah, promoted, I almost like promoted, I almost promoted the bull, this to like a, like it, it's, it's, it's like a tropical storm that's turned into a hurricane. It's bullshit <laughs> that's moved into a main topic, but we're going to yeah. try to cover it in a short bullshit style. Okay. PlayStation Network being down, that's bullshit. That's some bullshit. <laughs> that is some bullshit. Appropriate. I think it's funny that the Penny Arcade guys did a, a comic, a Monday morning comic. They released it Friday afternoon because they were so sure it would be fixed <laughs> over the, the long Easter weekend with Portal just being out that they uh-huh. wanted to get the cartoon out while it's still relevant. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, news post on Monday is like, wow, no, this is extremely relevant because they still haven't gotten fixed. <laughs> Dude, there were a lot of big games out this weekend. Like it's huge. Portal Two, Mortal Kombat yeah. came out. Like and people want to play them online. Fuck that. Do you want to leverage the awesome ability to play a Steam PC guy or with co-op with a PS3? Too mm-hmm. bad. You yeah. want to? And it's like some people say you can watch Netflix, and I, I've got it to work. But there's yeah, been can. a lot of people that's like you got, but you have to cancel like two or three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have and, to basically let a time out on the login. And the other thing is Sony has been silent on the issue until basically today mm-hmm. when they basically said... Uh, <laughs> you're fucked. Sorry. Yeah, you're fucked. 70 million people, your credit cards <laughs> may be stolen, your personal information certainly is. Yep. Uh, they got your passwords, they got your favorite dog's <laughs> name, they got where your mother's maiden name, where you yep. lived as a child. Phone numbers, addresses, like... So, like, wow. there's a couple things... That I'm interested in this. First and foremost, as a PlayStation 3 owner. You have all of the information of everyone. <laughs> You're uh, the one who hacked it, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I am, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. that's cool for me. Cool, cool. But uh, it's kind of inconvenient that they took the network down. Uh, I'm interested because, you know, this, as Levi from, he's actually in the PA crew, uh, personalarrogance.com, they're our friend of me for cast. Um, at our forums, he was talking about, was like, is this the nuclear bomb of this generation console wars? Oh, yeah, I is just Is this going to be where Xbox finally plants the flag up Sony's ass and says, we own you? Yeah, um, if you guys are interested in this topic at all, jump in our forums and start talking about this, because we've got a thread going there that's actually pretty interesting. We've got uh, a bunch of people commenting on it. And so. Mm-hmm. so I don't know, because that, w- one thing is, how many credit cards got stolen? Because if, like... 30 million, this is going to be an issue that's <laughs> never going to go away. It's going to have huge ranging yeah. impacts. Um, if, like, just a couple thousand, uh, I don't know the internet will remember this for a week after they get it back online. It'll be, like, something that Expo- Xbox sure. and PS3 fanboys know about, but, um, you know, so as a gamer, I just don't... I, I don't know, because we forget Xbox was down. The Xbox network was down for, like, four mm-hmm. fucking weeks. At one point within a year of its launch. Wow. And that's a pay network, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it it just depends on how bad this is. Now, the other thing that I'm interested in is professionally, I have, you know, a large part of my job is dealing with security, and PCI <laughs> requirements. Uh-huh. And this is where the bullshit comes in. This is the bullshit. I don't see how this happened. Yeah. I really don't, like, 
if you if it, and Sony has to be part of this PCI standards, there's no way they can do the they're kind too big. of they're too big to not be able to get away with this. So somebody's got some explaining to do, whether it's their uh, IT. So so basically, PCI is the payment card industry. That's Visa, that's Mastercard, that's Discover and Amex. I think. Oh, they're still around. Yeah. So those <laughs> those four network, the big four, the mm-hmm. major four, they Diners got together Club. and said, "I only use Diners Club." <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're not go- uh, governed under auspices of the PCI DSS. That's true. Uh, that's the P- why the payment it. card industry said, "You know what? We're tired of you merchants getting your shit stolen and making us look <laughs> bad. So we're going to say that if you." process our cards on our network then you have to satisfy these requirements which is called the dss the data security standard pci dss i'm getting an education here actually i deal with a lot of this at work too right so and a lot of people are in it that has any kind of credit card stuff probably do if you're you know um so for level one which is the highest traffic and level two you're required to meet all 12 of these criteria and each 12 main things has like you know a, a, from anywhere from a dozen to fifty subcategories about yeah, like all security related. They're all security, like building a secure network, logging, monitoring, encryption. encryption. You are encryption. not allowed. Yeah, like if you, it's 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 incredibly bad idea to store credit card information. Yeah, if you have if you do it, you have to encrypt it. You're supposed to use like a token. So like, uh, uh, say I put yeah. in my credit card and they authorize it with the bank. Well, they save that transaction as a token and then if they ever want to charge a credit card they give the bank that token and the bank remembers oh yeah that's this guy because they've got their stuff Mm -hmm. secure so but if the bad guy steals it it's useless to him because it's just a gibberish token without yeah so that's the way you're supposed to do it but if you are saving the credit card you're supposed to encrypt it so it's like and the whole point is it is if someone steals your shit, it's encrypted. It's useless yeah, to them. They don't really. And it's got to be like uh, like a two fifty uh, uh, two hundred fifty six. Yeah, it uh, has to be good encryption. Triple des. I mean, it's like yeah, you can't just do bullshit encryption. Yeah, um, you can't like web it. <laughs> you can't you can't rot thirteen it. You can't you know zip password protect. That's not um, adequate. We, we MD five it. Nah. So I'm I don't know how good or bad that is, but that's what we do. So ideally, you just don't store it. So yeah. if Sony has lost that many credit cards, I don't know how that happens. I probably do because when they're audited, they're only supposed to – they only audit really 10% of any given network because it would hmm. take too long to audit an entire network. Yeah, so, sure. And a lot of companies play this game where – they they get in advance which systems are going to be audited and then they just clean the hell out of them and make sure they're compliant. Wow. And then they're supposed to go and be like, okay, well, we'll make sure the rest of the network looks like this. But a lot of times corners are cut. Sure. Documentation is lost. Yep. People get fired, hired, and they forget about it. And you get a debacle like this where apparently a, some credit cards have been saved just in some readily accessible format. Yeah, and that's the the telling thing about the language in the press release is that none of this stuff was encrypted apparently because they wouldn't say, well, they have all of your information and they possibly have your credit cards if it was encrypted. I don't know. How bad were they owned? Like what if Mm -hmm. the – because the way I understand this exploit worked Mm -hmm. is it basically turned the PS3 into a developer console. Yeah. It unlocked it. and. And one of the security flaws is that if you're if you got a PS3 that is uh, a developer console that like the Sony network entrusts you implicitly, 
Yeah. Like you're inside their, their, all their protections. It's like being on their intranet. Yeah. Because, and you can see why they would be useful for a developer to like test and, you know, uh, cause a lot of these games have integration with the PlayStation network. So you can click a button when you're done playing and it'll go and, and buy the game. Yeah. So you can see as it'd be valuable for a developer to test that with dummy cards sure. and whatever you present to the network, it like just accepts like, okay, it's bogus number. So I, I guess there's two things that happen. One, there was an unprecedented level of piracy going on. Like people were just <laughs> all the PSN content, but yeah. apparently they also made off this credit cards. I'm thinking, what if they were encrypted, but they compromised the network so mm-hmm. badly that they then made off with the encryption keys? Yeah, they used the algorithms that they used to encrypt. Or if they just got the public and private, they got the yeah. private side of the key, then it's just like giving someone the keys to your house. You're sure. fucked. Yeah. I don't care how many doors you lock, they're just going to keep opening them. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if that's the case, then... And they I- do have all the credit card information, even though it may not necessarily be the fault of no encryption. Right. So it's still probably, I mean, it, 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 you're not supposed to let that happen. I mean, sure. you, having your keys accessible, you know, is just a bad idea. So how do these guys, but you just don't know. I mean, someone could yeah. have hacked this developer console, gone mm-hmm. into a Sony place where it's like inside the corporate network, or even maybe it was an inside job. I mean, we don't know anything because Sony's not telling it. And this yeah, makes a lot yeah. of sense because one of the rules uh, – there's lots of laws governor, governing governing when you disclose this shit like because mm-hmm. you're cooperating with authorities because they're trying to catch the hacker. Yeah. And they – there's like this tension between notifying the customer and doing forensics and analysis and investigations so you can catch the bad guys. Gotcha. And not alerting the hacker that, hey, they've been found out. And that's – the other reason is this is probably why they're not putting the network back up at the quickness because there could very well be several different auditors standing over their shoulder being like, oh, no, you're not putting this up <laughs> until X, Y, and Z happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, it's, and you have a full penetration test and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. That's just going to take time. Yeah. Yeah, it could be months. It if, could. Like, if they really have could. to rewrite any of this encryption code and security code, mm-hmm. it could literally be months before this thing is back up. Well, think about it. And that's it. a little sensationalist. I don't want to say it will be no. months and, and get it. Well, with the Blue Yonder curse, it could go two ways. Either gonna, it's, either <laughs> it's, gonna, it's either coming up right now yeah, yeah. or it's going to be gone for years. Like, Sony will just be like, you know what, PlayStation 4. Yeah, we're done. We'll see you at PlayStation 4. <laughs> so, 2013. <laughs> Um, PSN2. So, so, so God knows what will happen, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, it, it could be a huge hassle to get this thing back up. Um, it's kind of like I, I was actually reading an article today about Borders and how they had their entire rewards program on a website fully editable to the public. Like you could literally look up your your or any other person's Border Rewards account right. and change information, like make yourself – uh, give yourself the teacher discount, the uh-huh. senior citizen discount, change your address, find out all your, your information, see what you bought. And you could do this with yourself or anyone. So, like, I would not chalk this up to just someone being incompetent as well. Like, or I, I would not hesitate to chalk it up to incompetence because oh, yeah. that happens all the time. Yes. Especially yes. within organizations as big as Sony. Sony's huge. Right. And if any one piece of that is not on the same page as the rest of the people there... Anything can happen. Plus, it's the, crazy. The other interesting thing about the Sony network is, unlike Microsoft, where everything goes through Microsoft network. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Netflix is working. Yeah. So they actually support a bunch of external networks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole bunch of more points for penetration into their yeah. network. No, that's it's true. Penetration a lot. Pit. Just keep it going. Penetration. penetration. Pin. Pen. Pen testing. Pin testing. 
Um, but yeah, so I think this is uh, interesting as, per, as a professional because if, let's say, 30 million credit cards got compromised, uh, that's a lot of this cards. is single-handedly the biggest PCI. Yeah. Like, TJ Maxx, which is everybody's, like, worst-case touchstone case, involved, like, 250000 <laughs> I'm talking about my ass, but it was, like, okay. maybe it was even 25000 wow. But it's, like, it call, it basically bankrupted the damn thing. Huh. So uh, I don't think Sony can be bankrupted, but, I mean, what is the impact as a gamer if the PSN is down for months? Well, I mean... Let's speculate rampantly. uh, Sure, I'd love to do that. (laughs) From the perspective (laughs) of, like, the console wars, and Levi was talking about this in the forums, um, from the perspective of the console wars, does this make Sony the big loser? Is that what automatically happens here because of this security breach? Boy, if they... I mean, because think about it. I can't update any of my games. I can't Mm -hmm. buy any new games. Um, sure, that's a huge ga- deal. A lot of games that I have unlocked and stuff that is unlockable requires yeah. online verification every time you play. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh-huh. yeah, it's a debacle. Well, I, when I say console wars, I'm not thinking of what most people mean. Most people are thinking of some undefinable, like, loyalty to a, to a console. Like, right. No, my console won the wars because XXX. My yeah. console won yeah, the wars. Yeah, you're talking about the fanboy I'm talking, bullshit. Yeah, no, when I say it, I'm talking about money. I'm talking about profits. Is this going to hurt Sony enough to make them the quote-unquote loser in the profits area? I don't know because... Because Microsoft is already ahead, right? I mean, Sony's <sighs> catching up, though, as far as I can tell. I've heard that that is in the last year or two that Sony has basically... We've got tornado sirens in Indianapolis. Yeah, that happens. Enjoy, <laughs> but um, so if we if we suddenly go off the air, podcasting <laughs> that's not really relative, or right, relevant, right, right? But whatever. Um, so yeah, what was I saying? Oh, uh, I've heard the PS3 has been outselling Microsoft. That's and what I've heard. Even too. the Wii of late, but they had um, a big lead to begin with, right? So. And obviously, at the, this point in the hardware cycle, um, which the personal arrogance guys talked a little bit about today. The PlayStation 3 has much more room to grow because, like, the Xbox is out of space. Uh, Microsoft, they, they said that Microsoft is considering unencrypting their DVDs for the, for the next year or two because that would oh, unlock an yeah. additional one gig of space uh, yeah. on the disc because they're just out of space. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation well, here, 3 ain't out of space because okay. they're shipping Blu-ray. Here, here's the thing. And this is what I said in 2006 on an episode of Power yes. Play. You can have more than one disc for a game. For fuck's sake, yeah, you can have more than true. one disc. They did it with four discs in Final Fantasy VII or three or whatever yeah, it but was. but it takes a special type of game to do that. Not like, really. I mean, ha- think how many hours. How's it going to work for a PlayStation uh, for a, 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 a first-person shooter? The first half of the game, the assets required for it are on the first disc. It says insert disc two when you reach a certain checkpoint, just like every other game that's ever had multiple discs. Yeah, but like, so if you're playing multiplayer online and it needs a texture from disc two, you got to and, and you're loading a new map, you got to switch to disc two. Or maybe they have a single player and a multiplayer disc. I mean, what? I, I don't. I don't see the the big deal here. Like they do All it with right. DVDs, they do it with games, they do it with. For whatever, Everything I can think of. I don't know. For I, years, man. I, you're right. You got a good point. But there must be something because why else would Microsoft be unlo- talking about unlocking the di- the disc in this such, such a way? Yeah, get an extra that kind of seems insane. But, so but, maybe a shipping cost. Maybe it comes down to like, you know, pressing extra disc is another buck that they don't. Well, I also heard that them unencrypting them in that way means that standard consumer DVD burners cannot burn them. 
Oh, so it they, actually might be more secure. It, exactly. Huh. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. I'm not sure if that's true or not. I don't know the technicals of it. Interesting. But, yeah. Yeah, and I sure as hell don't. Um, but from a from a console war perspective, from a profit perspective, I think this really hurts Sony's chances at quote unquote winning this console. The thing war. is, is I don't think that there is a loser at this generation of console. They're all making money. I mean, right? the Wii is this, this, I've I've heard the Wii is the most successful console of all time. Money it's, wise, yeah. Money wise, wise, it's 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 kind of been a fizzle in my opinion, and I've said this all along. Mm-hmm. Um, that once you get over the novelty of it, there's not a lot of motion activated stuff that really makes sense. And now that the next generation of stuff out, like yeah. the move, which, eh, but the connect, which is hot, genuinely hot yeah. is out. Then, you know, Nintendo's now stuck with the standard definition mm-hmm. game that nobody wants to support and gets poor reviews and all the sites because it looks like shit. Well, you've heard the, the rumors about a Wii HD, right? Well, I've heard that Wii actually, HD with like a touchscreen motion controller and like I've heard that that's actually the next generation that that's the the first leading edge of the next generation is going to be out yeah, and it's going to hit like a couple years before the the so whatever. It's hard to say. It's hard now. to say because we just don't know the extent. And also, Xbox yeah. 360 is at the end of its life for a variety of reasons. Where PlayStation mm-hmm. 3 still has room to grow it's got with a few this years gen, left. like yeah. yeah. So who knows? Well, that's the thing, and I think Sony's always going to like with their philosophy of let's make the thing six hundred dollars up front mm-hmm. but let's make it badass so mm-hmm. it'll last 10 years mm-hmm. so that the games we're making in 2015 won't look like shit uh i think they they stand a reasonable chance of catching up and and probably surpassing them so the other thing is i this is not impacted and i don't know because on one hand, I am kind of outraged because they got passwords and, like, the stuff that you need to change your password, authenticate your password. Like, yeah. You really have a lot. Like, if you want to be a good cyber citizen, you need to – and you've been sharing passwords and using the same password reset, which you probably mm-hmm. would. Sure. I mean, they've given the keys to your fucking kingdom away there. Yeah. But I will say that I've bitched many a time the PlayStation Network will not take my fucking credit card. <laughs> yeah. I have to go out to GameStop yeah. and buy goddamn PlayStation Network cards every single time I want to add funds to my wallet. You know what? Hallelujah! <laughs> Thank you. That you is that is that is a cards. feature, not a bug. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I did. I, I did make that. That. that uh, I do owe Sony for that for protecting me, preemptively pr- protecting me. Yeah. By making it impossible to associate a credit card with my account. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. It's like it just depends on what the mood of the of the gamers. I mean, gamers are honestly very fickle and yeah. short-sighted, short-minded sure. creatures. Well, I I don't know. I'm definitely, I would have to say, biased against Sony as a company, not necessarily the PS3 as a console. I think yeah. it's, it's basically the same thing as a 360 with, like, different features that outweigh each other. Um, but as Sony, just to me, does not care and does not understand their audience. Like, they just don't get a lot of things that gamers want like how how hard is it to make a decent i don't know directory of your games on playstation network that i can search and find what i'm looking for that's easy that's been solved 10 years ago right how how useful is a stupid interface like home it's not useful no home it's is not a interesting joke. at all no it's it's basically an advertising playground yeah it's, yeah. it's ridiculous yeah i don't know maybe because i'm a 30 
34, 35-year-old guy. I, I mean, I'm not the target for home. Maybe the homies like it. The homies? Yeah. <laughs> Is that the what you're calling them? The people who use home? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, homies. they're the homies. Maybe <laughs> they like Because I've seen screenshots of people and... I, the one time I did load it up is when I beat Batman Arkham Asylum and unlocked the Batcave for the place uh, at home. I'm like, I'm going to go fucking look at that. Was it cool? No. No. <laughs> did it have, like, Pepsi ads splattered across the <laughs> yes. walls? Did it? Yes. No, uh, no, it did not. But it's TV like it, screens it, playing. It was pretty lame. It just looked like the Batcave from the damn game that you could go. But it's not like you could. Here's the thing. It'd be awesome if you started off in your home and you could, like, flip open a William Shakespeare bust and push a red button and like the closet slid, you could go down. <laughs> yeah. But when it says go to bat cave, it literally mm-hmm. screen fades to black screen fades up. And uh, now you're in the bat cave. How about this? Was there any corn in that cave? <laughs> Damn. No, no. no okay. So it's true to life. Yeah. It was an accurate bat cave. Yeah. All right. So I don't anyway, know. we've talked way too much about yeah, this. It's like 20 it. minutes That's, in. It's the bullshit. It, 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 it grew. All right. More bullshit. Real quick bullshit. I just want to talk. I just wanted to announce a couple dates that have passed since uh, very recently. Okay. Um, first of all, Skynet. Skynet in the official Terminator lore was supposed to launch April 19th, 2011. So uh, we, we're past that deadline. So See, Skynet they, is online. They keep on changing that. because They I remember, do. That's, that's in the television show. The date is 19. Yeah, like like me and Jonesy celebrated the original birth of Skynet. It was like August 29th <laughs> at 2 a.m. in yeah. like 1999 because that's what Arnold says in Terminator 2. Yeah. Yeah. Skynet began learning at a geometric rate. <laughs> and so like we actually watched we, – we synchronized it to where he says that at roughly the same time. <laughs> and it was pretty cool. So it's like, nice. and but I, I, that makes sense because they keep fucking with the timeline, so it de- keeps delaying Judgment Day. Yeah, yeah, so, it, it does. I, the lore of of Terminator is actually pretty cool. It is. I actually because yeah, time I spent, travel. I spent quite a bit of time on the Terminator wiki this week. <laughs> oh god! Because someone texted me and said Happy Skynet birthday. And I'm like yeah. bullshit. I celebrated that ten years ago. <laughs> well, yeah. you've been watching the television show. But then I thought, well, Terminator Three. Obviously, I saw Judgment Day happen, and it was kind of like present day at that time, or maybe a year from now, yeah. which was five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, my head. So I don't know. Did did, did Reese still fuck it? John Connor's mom? Have they? You know. Uh, I don't think so. I think he's eventually going to fuck him as a hundred. I think John man. Connor came back and stopped that. Actually, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't remember what happened after that. In it's a all walker, just kind of a blur. But beat him with a cane. Yeah, get off yeah. my mom, Shawnee. <laughs> and he disappeared into a cloud of sperm. Oh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's, that's maybe horrible. John Connor went back in time and fathered Reese. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's messed up. Yeah. You're yeah. your own grandfather? So, I, I, I love that pan, pan chronological incest, man. That, I don't know. That's a paradox right there, because how can you be your own grandfather? I don't know. I stick with single docs. When you get the pairs, it's, it's out, of my, out of my league. Anyway, so yeah, Skynet. Another date. Happy birthday. That just passed, uh, like yesterday, if you're listening to this on Friday, is NASA's shuttle program just launched the final launch of Endeavor. On the 29th. And this is the last shuttle, right? No, no, no. There's one there's more. One more because they yeah, were... there's the Atlantis. Okay. Cause that... Which is scheduled to launch June 28th, actually. So we've got, like, two more months of being of the U.S. being able to send people into space. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, it is. This is bull. This is bullshit. World power? My ass. Yeah. If we can't send a man into space. Yeah. Or a dog or a monkey. Something. Like, yeah, we're basically... The Russians are goddamn chauffeurs now. Yeah. 
we're paying yeah. them like you know here's here's a uh, half a billion dollars take three of our guys into space please comrades. pretty please yes with a nuclear weapon on top right like, <laughs> right it is kind of it's kind of it is sad and people are like yeah. well there's no point in you know human space and that's like bullshit oh my it's god it's our giant country's erect phallus <laughs> that needs viagra now even beyond that the the amount of technology that's generated like the new discoveries and stuff, trying to put people into space, trying to do new things in space, is actually a significant portion of the technology that we have now. I mean, stuff like radio technology, like Velcro, basic, tang. Teflon, like where would we be at with that? Tang? Astronaut ice cream. Yeah. My diet consists of forty-eight percent astronaut ice cream. Those uh, all organic that can write upside down, dude. Yeah, we'd be nowhere. So, yeah, I agree. Plus, the space shuttle, I think it's probably the last fucking cool-looking spaceship we'll ever see. What's Every that? spaceship from here on out is going to look like the goddamn thing in Alien. Like, it looks like an erector set, humped a two-liter bottle with, <laughs> like, aluminum foil everywhere. The space uh-huh. shuttle looks fucking cool. When it's blasting off, when it's yeah. coming in as a fireball, I mean, it, unless you know, unless it's coming in as a literal fireball, yeah, that, people are dying. That, yeah, bad news. Don't do that. Yeah, but I mean, it is a fucking cool looking spaceship. Sure, sure. And I, I think mean, it's going to be the last, probably, you know, cool looking spaceship until we get to like Buck Rogers technology. Yeah, like Star Wars tech. Yeah, yeah. If we can get to like Star Destroyers or X Wings. Yeah, I'm all over that. Yeah, I'll buy an X Wing, no problem. Yeah. All right, so that's the rest of my bullshit. You want you had some other stuff like Did spoilers, stuff? Portal Did Two. We, well, I mean that stuff's not necessarily like got an expiration date. We could talk about that. The Portal Two review, the Portal we'll, Two review, be like let's feedback. Do let's do. Oh, you want to do it up front? Uh, yeah. If you oh, you want to move it to the the feedback section? Okay, yeah, we can do yeah, that. I think so. All right. Well, let's get into a main topic, shall we? Yep. Finally. Uh, do you want to talk about being money smart for geeks? No, nah, let's go with your topic first. My topic first. Okay, good TV versus bad TV. All right. I've been watching a lot of TV lately. Um. Primarily Dexter. And for those who don't know, Dexter is a... No, I'm hesitant to call it a procedural because it's not. Uh, It is a show about a serial killer who is also part... Who is a blood splatter... uh, I don't know what is... Analyst? I I guess. There's a technical term for it, yeah. Um, But blood splatter analyst for the police department in Miami. He puts the anal He puts... (laughs) He puts the splatter in splatter house. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Okay. Um, so I've been watching a lot of it. And the reason I don't want to call it a procedural is because most of the time the audience has more information than the majority of the characters in that show. Mm. Which I think for a procedural, the opposite is true. The characters in the show usually have more information than or, or the exact same amount of you're information. You're finding out the information at the same rate the protagonists are. Yeah, yeah. Which, this, it's definitely not the case here, because we know uh, Dexter is a serial killer, mm-hmm. which none of the other people know that. So, I wouldn't call it a procedural. Um, it does some interesting... Oh, wait a second, wait a second. Yeah. Do they show things happening away from Dexter's notice? Because, just because, yes. just because yeah, the... Okay, then, they yeah, do. definitely not. Because like, yeah. Just because the audience knows that Dexter's a serial killer and no one else does, I don't necessarily would kick that out of a procedural realm. But it's yeah, stuff yeah. like if Dexter doesn't know shit that's happening on his own show, then yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that Dexter doesn't know. That, that we and, do. And it, yeah. and it causes a lot of drama because of it, yeah. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, 
So some of the interesting things it does, I'll I'll start with a couple of things I like about it okay. because there's a lot that I like, a lot that I dislike. Um, it's a Showtime production, mm-hmm. so the episode there aren't commercial breaks. It's just like one long flowing episode, and the episodes are really long because of that. So you get like 54 minute episodes instead of like 44 minute episodes. And I was thinking, man, these these shows feel freaking long. Why is that? And I was like, oh yeah, Showtime. Something like The Wire and even Mad Men's yeah. 51 minutes. I mean, this a... one feels especially long. I don't really? know if it's the pacing because they do some weird things with pacing too. Like they'll show you something that you think should be the end of the show, uh, and then they give you 10 more minutes of stuff. Uh, so it's like it's... the Lord of the Rings phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, we're at Mount Doom. Throw it in. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh wait, they're okay. So Aragorn got married. That's cool. Oh, uh, what the fuck? We're in the Shire. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, we're in a boat now? What the fuck? Exactly. So, yeah, it does that. Um, some other things I like, I really like the characters. They're good. Dexter, as a serial killer, is a very unique character, to say the least. You don't see that a lot on television. Um, some of the characters around him are interesting, like... Um, I think his guy, the guy's name is James. There's a cop who is suspicious of Dexter the entire time. And he's, like, the only one. And Dexter's constantly like, why is he the only guy who thinks? Like, a building full of police officers, and he's the only guy who realizes I'm fucking weird. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I'm trying not to. I'm, I'm wanting you to run run, run your distance before I jot, uh, add some comments. Oh, okay. Well, you can feel free to jump in any time. All right. Don't, don't extend the offer to me. Okay. Well, <laughs> then I won't. Don't unleash the beast. Then shut the hell Keep up and let me finish. Gauge. There you go. Um, Dexter's relationship with his girlfriend is interesting because he doesn't, he doesn't apparently feel emotions. It's a sham. It's a sham relationship. It's part of his camouflage. It is. Yeah, we'll say that. Sure. I don't know because it's like I'm only Sal's in... relationship in Mad Men. Which one is Sal? Salvador. The, the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. Um, and the ass cheek character in that, I'm convinced. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I think him and Sal are going to hook up by the end. And he's not, he's not gay because he rapes the shit out of women. Like every, hey, that don't mean you're not gay. Rapey Pete rapes women, man. (laughs) I don't mean, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, but it's, it's weird because yeah, there's that tension of like, will she find out that he doesn't really have any feelings because he doesn't have feelings. Like that's the thing. Yeah. He's a, a sociopath. Well, he has feelings, but I mean, he can form have you, connections. Have you with seen the people. show? Yeah, I've seen like okay, several okay. episodes, and I, I got turned off by it. Yeah, I'm I'm still watching. Okay, I'm I'm two seasons I'm in. And I'm still watching. Um, I'm interested in seeing how the relationship between Dexter and his sister plays out. Mm. I really am because I don't know if she would freak out if he told her. See, I know some big spoilers about the show, too, because don't, don't I'm not going to. Spoilers, I'm just sorry. saying it's weird for me to hear you saying some of the things you're saying because I feel like I've seen a lot more of the show because they talk <laughs> oh. about it on the BS report all the fucking time. Oh, okay. And I know I'm not ever going to probably watch it, so I actually listen to the spoilers, where most of the time gotcha. I'm like, ah, I'm trying to avoid, you know, the spoilers. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, okay. Well, don't spoil me. Try not That's to. the last thing I want. 
Um, I do like... If I say any spoilers, just edit them out. <laughs> Great. Edit them out of my brain. <laughs> yeah. I start cutting chunks out of my brain. Uh, that was Penny Arcade's today, uh, epi- uh, comic today. See, I don't read Penny Arcade. So I know. Someone self-lobotomized themselves to keep them spoiler-free for the Game of Thrones. <laughs> because they have read the Game of Thrones. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, I like the ambiance of the show, and the music helps a lot. They do that different, like tonal thing mm-hmm. where they go kind of off tone to emphasize certain things right a lot like uh some of the animes i've been watching i started samurai shampoo so like they do that and that and cowboy bebop um but it's interesting and then like just the whole dark twisted sense that you get in the in the show i love the credit cool. sequence it, yes i i that's the my sequence is amazing yeah that's what i was about to mention it takes it's just him getting ready for work in the right. morning. This is very but average. But it takes the the mundane, boring things like brushing your teeth, even things as small as like juicing an orange or putting a shirt on, yeah. and makes them very creepy and disturbing right. somehow. Right. And it's all filmed in like very, very, very high def. Yes. Like you can tell it's super close ups of his like fingers to where you can see the fingerprints yeah, yeah. and like. And he's, like, scraping the shit off of his tongue with floss. It's, like, right, yeah. really creepy and disturbing, but it's totally mundane. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Very cool. Um, so, okay, some of the stuff that I don't like. Okay. We'll get into the, the bad parts. Um, the show treats their audience like idiots. Like, How that's so? my biggest complaint. Because I've watched um, Dexter quite a while ago before I started watching... Mm-hmm. The cream of the crop, like before I'd gotten Mad Men, Breaking Bad, and The Wire under yeah. my belt. Yeah. So, like, how, explain how they treat the audience stupid because I, I didn't pick up on that when I. Well, I want to make like a direct comparison to Mad Men because do Mad it. Men do. does everything right okay. as far as I can tell, and Dexter does the exact opposite. Right. In in conveying thoughts and emotions, mm. um, it's it's very very subtle, like Mad Men. At the beginning of an episode, it'll drop a hint. It'll say something that should make the observant viewer connect it and say, okay, I get that. Right. But then, throughout the course of the episode, they literally blow the whole thing wide open. Right. Like... To hammer that home. Um, I'm, I want to try not to give away too much stuff. Um, this happens in the first season, so I don't think it's too huge of a deal to give away... But there's there's a rival serial killer. I think you learn this in episode two or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very early on. There's a rival serial killer, and nobody knows his identity up until later in the season. And then the way that they reveal it is they say something very innocuous. Or he they have him say something very innocuous that connects you back to earlier in the series when they were analyzing like the serial killer's killing patterns mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So very subtle, very well done. But then in that same episode, they literally show you the guy, like, operating on people and killing them. Yeah. Like, they show the tools, they show the people, the pieces of bodies. Like, uh-huh. what the fuck? And and this is, like, six episodes before the series finale or something. Right. So The cat's out of the bag. The cat is way out of the bag. And then the <laughs> next episode, they do the exact same thing again. Right. They do something subtle at the beginning, and then they hit you over the head with it by the end, like, three times. Hmm. Do you think it's deliberate, or is it they just don't trust their audience? I think they don't trust their audience. Because what I love be about Mad Men is no one ever says what they're feeling or thinking openly. Mm-hmm. You have to – like, they'll spend 30 seconds just looking at Dom Draper's face as exactly. something happens. And you – 
are free to just on John Hamm's performance decide mm-hmm. what the hell is going on in Don Draper's mind because yeah. he's not going to say no to anybody. Like, and he's they, not going to say it through the course of the entire series. Right, right. He'll never. I mean, say like it. he'll might make some oblique reference about his childhood when he's drunk to an assistant one night out of nowhere. Yeah, but it still doesn't directly talk about what he's feeling right now. It, it doesn't just, show him hovering over the dead bodies. God, like, that's no. The thing. no, 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 no. And, like, that's the direct comparison I wanted to make. Um, can we do spoilers of Mad Men here? I think so, yeah. Okay, well, when um, uh, Ass Cheek guys, what's his name? Uh, Pete. Pete. Ravy Pete. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, when Pete found out that he was having a baby, uh-huh. he, he didn't say anything. He said right. nothing. He looked into the camera, and by the look on his face, I could tell... That he didn't give a shit about the baby, and he was just trying to leverage it into a position at the company. Right. That was from one freaking glance. The performances right. are so good. And I don't know if they don't have the actors to pull it off in this or what, or just not the writers. Right. But they they don't do it. They hmm. don't do stuff like that at all. They have to beat you over the head with it. And I'm wondering if that's not part of, like, a procedural syndrome, where the audience is never invited to speculate or to clue themselves in right they're they're given information at a slow steady pace and and given the conclusion at the end right never drawing their own right so to me that's like what separates a really good show really good writing and performances from mediocre or bad yeah plus like i'm now my standards for writing on television is at least every other episode i should be like whoa Mm. at the end of it like yeah. i can't believe they took me there or i can't believe they made me see that in a new light or they had the guts to do make a character be truly unlikable <laughs> yeah like like they've made or take a truly unlikable character and, and, and make them likable yeah. yeah and 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 make just mind-blowing situations and mm-hmm. you know mad men breaking bad and for me the wire i know you weren't as impressed with it but like that it does that almost on an episode by episode basis yeah like season yeah. four season three i think of mad men was a tour de force <laughs> absolutely and then the final episode just blew you away so I mean, I almost find that I can't put up with average TV that, like, if I'm watching a comedy, it's got to be at least as good as The Office, where I'm having uh-huh. one f- good laugh and, like, several chuckles throughout the show, uh-huh. and, like, and maybe my and my mouth gape open at, at something shocking, too. Yeah. I cannot just go with, like, something where just spoon-fed, like, I, I feel like I'm a pigeon being fed a trail of crumbs. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I want to have no idea what the hell's going on. To be honest, AMC is raising the bar for everyone. Yeah. Well, that, HBO, and Showtime. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, what AMC's doing is taking the best. And, you know, dude, we fucked it up again because the killing is hot. It's getting rave reviews. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do a podcast about it. Not too late. It's (laughs) already like five episodes in it. That's not too late. Well, I mean, yeah, we could could do that. But I'm just saying that, like... uh, I'm to the point where anything AMC's announces, I'm in on. Because yeah, even yeah. the stuff that's like we we call Walking Dead subpar, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's way better than Dexter. Yeah, it's so good. It's really good, but it's yeah. just that it comes off bad because we just gotten finished watching <laughs> Mad Men. <laughs> Mad Men and Breaking Bad are my two shows right now. Yeah, uh, they're both in hiatus, but yeah. I think Breaking Bad's Breaking coming, Bad's back coming soon. out in the summer. Uh, Mad Men, we're gonna wait till 2012. Oh, God. Yeah, that's forever. So, um, so what else besides performances and plotting? 
<laughs> what else is there that separates good TV and bad TV? I mean, did, did we just nail it? I mean, that seems to be a lot of it. The, the, it's like a mesh, right? I mean, everybody has to be on their A game. If the writers are off, then the performances are going to be off. If the performers are off, it doesn't matter how good the writing is. Yep. Um, it's the golden age. Plus, it's the golden age of television because high def help out a lot because I'm watching The Wire, which I believe must have been at the start released in standard def. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's the format I'm watching in at least the first two seasons. And it's noticeably crappier. Like, huh. you know, it's just not as – whereas you watch Mad Men and everything's gorgeous. Like, just the texture of fabric and yeah. the wood panels and offices. Well, the and, set design definitely helps in that show. Yeah. Like, yeah. that gets you in the spirit the of the same show. thing with, like, Breaking Bad when they're going over to lab equipment and you can see, like, the textures and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's – you can see all the hair on <laughs> uh, Brian Cranston's fucking body (laughs) yeah (laughs) the man with no shame see oh no shame right no shame cranston so it's like yeah i think that uh, that helps out a lot because that's the thing that really pops about dexter is how awesome it looks it does look really really good i cannot fault them on on a lot of stuff i mean they they do yeah they do style really well Mm -hmm. with the music and the the filming of it uh but there's just the substance isn't there isn't quite there. It's right. it, they try, but they don't hit the mark. So I've heard that like it. season three and four are really good, and then season five. See, I'm just starting season three, slow, and then season five kind of picks up at the end. But I've heard a lot of people say they're kind of off Dexter. Huh? I got like it peaked season three and four. So. It seems like a lot of shows do that. Actually, yeah, it's hard. You know, yeah, you get you get your first season where you've got like a fucking amazing pilot, right? Right. Like you blow everybody away with the pilot. I'm, right. I'm thinking of Lost here. Yeah. But the rest of the season, eh. Yeah. Take it or leave it. You're trying to find your stride. Right. Season two always sucks. Season right. two is never good. It's like the reverse Empire Strikes Back. It's like, yeah, it's like people just get lazy because they're riding on the success of the first season or something. Right. Then season three or four, like, oh shit, we got to step it up. <laughs> so they do for a couple of years and then it goes downhill. Yep. Anyway, that's all I've got on. So you squeeze it said that topic. Yeah. All right. Well. For my next topic, I'm talking about geeks and money. Um, it's something I'm kind of passionate about. And when I was listening to last week's uh, cast, I, like I actually eat, I eat our own dog food. Um, I was listening to last week's cast, and I casually mentioned that, like, surely, you know, our listeners probably don't even average the 3% average that Americans save. Um, and that was kind of, like, shocking to me that I just took it for, for granted that younger people don't save. Yeah. And... I'm no longer quite so young. I'm 34, and I wish I made so many financial mistakes in my teens and 20s <laughs> yeah. that I wish somebody had laid out, like, because you see most financial planners go fucking gaga crazy. It's like you're mm-hmm. in or you're out. There yeah. is no progressive step. There is no, you know, rules of thumb. There's no handy steps to get from here. There's no, like, it's like basically. If you're not ready to get on Wall Street and pump up your IRA and start saving for your kids' college, even though you don't have any, um, yeah. you, they're like, fuck you. Well, they want big accounts, right? And there's also a lot of – yeah, and there's also a lot of misinformation. I mean a lot of the, the, the professional like money consultants you see on MSN and stuff like that. Like the dude with the buzzers and the noises. He, uh, it's entertainment, and <laughs> yeah. they're they're tools yeah. of the system, man. Like they yeah. they uh, they're the people that tell you the real estate bubble is never going to end, and it, right and it, up until it ends. Yes, yeah. and then they're like saying, "Well, what an idiot that you know didn't know that it wasn't going to end." I mean, it's like they. 
I'm not going to tell you how to get rich off the stock market. I don't. I'm not going to tell you how to get rich <laughs> faster. I'm telling you how to send me your money. Live a life that will eventually lead to a place where you have financial freedom. Gotcha. That's where we want. That's where we want to get. Um, the so freedom from finances, right? Yeah, like you know, because they they say that there's the studies that show that um, money up to a certain point does cause happiness yeah but once you are no longer anxious about money yeah. that is a very diminishing reflect so if you've got like a reasonable nest egg and you're saving a little bit for retirement your quality of life will be dramatically better you yeah. don't have to drive bmws and live in mcmansions and all that bullshit in fact it's probably stupid to do so and you don't need a million dollars a year income you just need to be able to do very simple things yeah so and i've got like four uh, major things I want to touch on. Well, I can tell you how to get to financial freedom right now. Yeah. Freeganism. Freeganism. That's right. <laughs> Instant freegan. Instantly um, eject yourself from the economy. That's true. He's referring to the uh, extreme concept of like not earning money, not making yeah. money, not spending money. That's composting your feces. Composting your feces. Squatting dumpster in diving. buildings. Dumpster diving. Um, that's one way because, you know, basically uh, uh, financial sanity is not spending more than you make. Yeah, well, if you make nothing if and you spend make nothing, nothing. spend nothing, then you – okay. Yep. Um, so anyway – First thing you've got to do is everyone has to save 10% of your income. I don't do that. The rule of thumb is you save 10% for basics, 15% for comfort, and 20% to escape. To escape? Escape the anxieties of life and be completely – like to have fuck you money basically. Wow. So 10% – like so, so. and people say, okay, um, I can't save – they say, well, Aaron, I can't save 10%. Right. I am spending every money that I make. And what I'm here to tell you, unfortunately, is you are fucked. You're, and you're living too extravagantly, most likely. Well, or you're underemployed. You need to yeah. find some way to reduce your expenses or increase your revenue, your your income. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, basically, if you're spending every cent that you make, what the hell do you do when your engine blows up? Yeah. What the hell do you do when you break your arm? What the hell do you do when an unexpected bill or judgment comes? Put it on a credit card, man. Put it on a credit card and get yourself deeper in debt. Yep. And, you know, then you're going to eventually do uh, credit counseling and debt consolidation. And, and then suicide. And <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you can't do 10%, then first of all, I would challenge, uh, if you can do it, get direct deposit and mm -hmm. just take 1% of your check and deposit that into an account that you have no physical connection to. You don't have a check. You don't have an ATM card. Um, the only way you can get money out of it is like maybe an online transfer Squeeze or, it really or better yet, having to go to a bank that's across town. So you actually yeah. have to think about the transaction. So And then like a, a month later, you increase that to another percent. So now you're taking 2%. Mm. Because like who can't take 1% out of your paycheck? That's like and stub a dollar it into a savings account. And you keep doing that until you work yourself up to 10%. Or you... Um, Freakins, they can't take 80%. <laughs> or you basically have to, um, you know, start stop spending money. Um, maybe you cancel cable. That's a very easy thing to do nowadays. I mean, 
the average American spends eighty to one hundred and ten dollars a month on cable. You got Netflix wow. on demand, For and you eight dollars a live, month. If you live in a major metropolitan area that has really good HD offerings over the air, you're mm, a fool. Yeah. And you got and you got Netflix. You're a fool to spend money on cable. Yeah, agreed. It's like you know you cannot get one hundred and ten dollars of enjoyment. So, no, no, not at all. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, cell phone plans. Can you pare those down? Uh, can't stop fucking eating out every night. Yeah, that's the hard part for I me. I mean, there's man. ten. There's like most people back, spend, yeah. uh, especially like urban professionals such as yourself, urban spend ten to twenty dollars wow. a day just on eating. Dude, I spend way more than that. I'm saying that's like just as a minimum. So yeah, yeah. You know, and you don't want to. Sure. And, and I'm not advocating going crazy and like you know we'll go to Sam's and buy a bunch of quant. No, you just probably go bad. Yeah. But like yeah. if you can eat in a couple days or a couple nights a week and pack your lunch, a cold cut sandwich once or twice a week, that's how you get your 10% savings. Well, here's part of where we can relate back to geeks, right? I mean, geeks are notoriously unhealthy. You've got pan fee going on. Yeah. Which, personal arrogance. Fitness Network Initiative or something. Nerd. Nerd Fitness Fitness Initiative. Initiative, Uh, I mean, we're notoriously unhealthy. And part of that is because we eat out all the time. We never cook. Right. Uh, And I'm a number one culprit on that. I never cook, ever. The the most advanced thing I do is microwaving uh, something I pulled out of a box. So if you can just cut back on spending eight, nine, ten dollars whatever at local restaurant x and go eat a stalk of celery or something man mm-hmm. like just do something at home to where right. you don't have to eat out all the time you'd save a ton of money so there, there again whatever you need to do you need to make sure that you know a year from now you're saving 10 percent of your income because mm-hmm. again if you're not you're going to you're going to end up paying anyway except for you're going to have to borrow money from your parents you're going to have to put it on a credit card you're going to have to go bankrupt so if you're not saving 10 percent, you're fucked so start saving 10 percent do wow, make the changes necessary now, slowly but surely, to get to that point. See, no one has ever told me, has ever given me a number or a goal to shoot for on savings, you know? Well, like, they always say, you should save. But that doesn't mean anything. That's right. never going to motivate anyone to action. Right. But putting a number on it right. makes sense. And, like, you know, 15% to retire comfortably, you know, then 20% okay. to actually escape the system. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's, that's, to escape the things. Earth in your rocket ship. Exactly. In the Bill, year 2040. The, the, the Bill Gates it up. Sure. Um... But so that's, those are some good rules of thumb. The other thing that I wish uh, I knew in my early 20s uh, is if your company offers um, a 401k program, mm, yeah. this is a tax shelter requirement. The basic way this works is the government says, you know what, uh, young generation, you're fucked because you're not going to have Social Security. <laughs> so we're going to allow you to set into a special re- a savings retirement account money that you do not pay tax on when mm-hmm. you put it in there. And you can invest that into money market and stock accounts. And you are not going to pay taxes until you withdraw it in retirement. Um, The fantastic part about that is um, that the time value for money, um, I can't think of the exact figures, but basically the stock market on average in its like 100-year history earns 10 to 12% a year, Hmm. around 10%. It takes about seven to ten years to double your money at ten percent return uh, on on interest rate. Mm -hmm. What that means is, if you every dollar you save in your twenties is worth, I don't know, like ten or twenty in your forties and fifties. Gotcha. If you start saving in your late thirties or late or early forties, you're going to be fucked. You're not going to have enough money, or you're going to have to put so much. You're going to have to pump up so much to catch up that you're you're going to be you're going to be pinched. 
So start doing it now. And especially any company that uh, does matching. that does any sort of matching. Like yeah. if they're doing a, a quarter on your dollar, 50 cents on a dollar, or dollar for dollar up to whatever. Mm-hmm. If you are not doing the maximum of that, you're a goddamn fool. <laughs> it's free money. Because you will never find a return of 50% anywhere. So even like yeah. there's people in my work in the last two years that's that stop putting money into 401k mm-hmm. because well the stock market's tanking it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter if the stock market's going down 20 percent and the company's putting 50 cents in every dollar <laughs> you're still making 30 goddamn cents dude my company on the dollar my company does a hundred percent up to three percent of your income dude my so, first job a real job when i was 23 mm-hmm. dollar for dollar up to five percent of my income whoa Guess and you did zero dollars zero i didn't oh, start contributing painful. 401k till i was 29 years old that it's time and, for me to start i'm 29 and I, so i've been doing it for four almost five years and i just checked i it's shocking to see how much billion. goddamn money i've got in that account where's your rocket ship man where's and the other thing is car? since it's pre-tax mm-hmm. like okay so let's say you take a hundred dollars out a week you're not going to get a hundred dollars out of your paycheck it's going like to be like 60 something. it's going to be like or maybe even like 45 depending on what tax bracket because uh, that comes off pre-tax yeah yeah so there again you're a fucking idiot that's you can like take a hundred extra you, for forty dollars, forty five dollars. You can save a hundred, and then have your company put in another fifty or another hundred, so and then have putting, the stock market compound it. So by putting three percent of my income in there, I'm actually getting like seven uh, percent right. of my income. Right, and you're you know like uh, a person in their late thirties or forties would have to save three or four times this the, the, yeah. the make up the time value of money because it compounds the way it does. So there's a second. If you have a, a 401k, mm. please take advantage of it. Second, um, mortgage. Uh, people are down on real estate nowadays because we just got out of the bubble and everything's bleak. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the last uh, most recent mon- money mistake because I bought my mortgage 0% down. Uh, mm. What that means is that when you, buy, uh, when you buy a mortgage and you don't put anything down on it is – uh, first of all, you're going to have to pay what's called private mortgage insurance, PMI, hmm. which is going to be 100 to $200 on top of your payment every month. Dude, this is TMI. No, it's not. It's it's okay. So this <laughs> no, is what I'm th- this is what TMI. Oh, never I get mind. it. I never get mind. It. See, I, your jokes is wrong. I know. I'm trying to concentrate so hard on Sorry. this. Um, so you're going to have to pay 100 to $200 on top of whatever you're paying to the bank as part of your mortgage payment because – the bank is scared to death you're going to default on the loan and stick them with your house. Yeah, sure. So this is an insurance policy that covers their ass, mm-hmm. and you're paying for their insurance policy. <laughs> it's re- goddamn wow. ridiculous. It just so happens that you have to put 20% down before you don't have to pay PMI. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, most people but, can't afford that. And that means you can't fucking afford to live in a house. The rule of <laughs> thumb is is uh, 20, 28, 36. Or yeah, twenty 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 eight thirty six. Those means- are my measurements. I don't get it though. <laughs> <laughs> you do have nice hips. Uh, it's twenty percent. Put twenty percent down. Your mortgage payments do not cannot exceed twenty eight percent of your gross annual income, and okay. your total monthly payments for all debt, including your mortgage, not to exceed thirty six percent of your gross annual income. Hmm. So your car payments, your credit card payments. Yeah. Um, so what that does, okay, you're saying, oh, Aaron, the bank says I can put 3% down and afford a $300,000 house. <laughs> I'm saying the bank doesn't give a shit because you're going to have PMI. They don't care if you're going to go bankrupt over this house. They don't yeah. care that you're going to be eating ramen noodles to live in this goddamn giant house. Sure. They just want you to buy this risk-free investment for them because if you default, they get their money. Yeah. So yeah. – 
putting 20% down does two things. It, it preserves your freedom. Let's say that you need to take, you lose your job and you need to move to another part of the country. You can do that because you've got 20% equity. Yeah, immediately. Immediately. Yeah. So if you have to short sell that fucker to get out from underneath it, or let's say the real estate goes down 5 to 6%, it usually goes up 3%. You have a let's 20% say it, leeway. Exactly. For dips or sudden sales. Exactly. Yeah. And um, a lot of people recommend uh, only doing, I'm going to add another number to the the, the ratios, the 20, the 20, 28, 36. My shoe size. It's 15. Oh. Take only only uh, you can't truly afford a mortgage unless you can pay it off in fifteen years. Huh. The more the interest you pay over fifteen versus a thirty year is is like less <laughs> yeah. is, is half. Really. So wow. and you're going to get again more equity faster, which yeah. is builds wealth and preserves your 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 financial freedom. Trust me, as a guy who is, you do not want to be fucking tied to a house. <laughs> you do yeah, not because shit happens right now. You're going it? to get divorced. You're going to split up with the girlfriend. You're going to lose your job. Uh, you know, the real estate market's going to go soft. You're and going you're to want to move s- downtown. And you're going to want to or, or need to yeah. make changes in your life. And this yeah. house is going to be an albatross around your neck. So if you can't afford to put 20% down, you cannot afford the house. So okay. there's there's golden rule number three. Number four, never go into debt for anything that doesn't appreciate. So like a car, bad investment. Bad investment. Credit cards, bad investment. Education, possibly good investment, depending on sure. if depending it on is how you going use to, it. <laughs> if it's a degree that's going to get you more money. So if you're going to go back yeah. to school, but a lot of people are like, well, if you're unemployed, just go back to school. Uh, that may be a good idea. Maybe I mean, if you're mm-hmm. going into debt and it's not going to make you more marketable, it's a bad idea. House? Yeah. Uh, something that is acceptable to go into debt for because on the whole, over the course of the 15 or 30 year mortgage, their debt asset is going to appreciate. Yeah. So, but don't buy a car on fucking credit. If you do, you are making yourself a slave to the system. If you use a credit card, you are putting yourself in a, a slave to the financial system because the only asset you really have is a working Joe and we're all working Joe's listeners cast. I don't got no Bill Gates. I got yeah, no Jeff yeah. Bezos. I Unless got... Bill Gates is listening to this cast. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then get us a fucking iTunes review. Or maybe it's all work something for Zoom. Get us a good Zoom there review. There you go. Pull some strings there, Billy Boy. Yeah. Uh, get Balmer uh, to do one for us, too. I just want a developer shout out from him. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a chair our way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, if you're working stiff, the only asset you have is your labor. And if you go into debt, you're basically mortgaging your future labor because, hmm, you know, yeah. every dollar you get in, you have to give, say, 36% back to people that own your labor. Mm-hmm. And it is literally slavery. And people didn't used to live this way. People used to own their own houses, own their own property. Mm-hmm. Uh, never, they bought what they could afford to buy with the money they had right now. If they did go into debt, it was for some kind of business venture. Like they're going to buy 100 acres more for their farm. Or and they, they had were going a business to invest plan a, to, to, get, to recoup the This the consumer debt is it, – it, I mean it's – Helped out and make the economy grow faster. And, you know, we talked a little bit last week that having currency liquid being uh, in circulation helps the economy. Mm -hmm. But we've gotten to, like, fucking sickness with it. Yeah, yeah. And and we're seeing the consequences in the country as a whole. I mean, I don't care. I'm not going to get political with it. 
but the country cannot continue to spend 30 to 40% more than it generates in production <laughs> every year sure. and bad things not happen. Yeah. Like if I went and spent 30% more than I make every year, <laughs> bad things are going to happen. Very, it's going to come quickly. crashing down. Yes. Yeah. This yeah. is not sustainable. And not we, you, you really need to hold whatever government you, you believe in accountable to fix the goddamn mess. And we're to yeah. the point where, I feel like as a country, this real sacrifice is going to have to be made. And I think mm-hmm. it's going to have to be our generation bearing it. We're not going to yeah. have social security. We're going to have reduced benefits. We're going to have retirement age of 75 years and we're going to have to suck it up and do it. Or the consequence is going to be potential global financial collapse. That's the other thing, man, people that try to preach this gold bullshit and like stockpile. That's if the world goes to shit a financial meltdown, <laughs> we're all fucked. Yeah. Because people with more guns are going to come and take our gold and take our soup stockpiles. And, and our... I mean, really, what good is gold? If the dude next door is scrounging around for bread and dumpsters because he's a freegan right. and the economy has collapsed, <laughs> you're not going to trade him any any amount of gold for his piece of bread. Right. He can't eat gold. Right, right. Sorry. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think these people got this, like, fantasy that they're going to be some goddamn, some, like, goddamn warlord yeah, yeah. of their neighborhood or city. That they've got a stockpile of gold and guns and a bunch of Campbell's soup in their basement uh, and water <laughs> and gas and... Who was it? Marie Antoinette, I think, said, "Let them eat. Go- let them eat gold." Is right, that right? Right. <laughs> no, yeah, you can't eat gold. But my point is, <laughs> no, you can't eat gold. No, you I don't can't. think you're listening to what I'm saying. What man. eat cake? Gold? I thought that's the joke you're making. <laughs> it was the joke. Never mind. Uh, uh, my point is that I think that in a Mad Max type scenario, yeah, the odds of you being the biggest, baddest motherfucker on the block are probably low. So the odds of me ever being Mel Gibson are very low, very low. And you're probably more likely to be the guy that gets taken over by the warlord and probably. his gold and your gold and gun collection be added to his. I'm more likely to be Mel Gibson in Braveheart than I am in Mad Max. Yeah. So um, anyway, I don't know if anyone found this interesting, but I plead. With all of our listeners that are under the age of 40, which is probably 100%. <laughs> probably. Um, please at least do some of these things. Unless because, Bill Gates is listening. Unless Bill Gates is like, you know, and then maybe send some money our way. We could use to pay for these mics and electricity and maybe get Jim some more lights in here. But please, please do some of this stuff because you will regret it by the time you get in your late 30s, early 40s. And it'll be too late to make those changes. Am I going to have to put in fucking track lighting before you're happy? Is that what's going to yes, have to happen here? Yes. Do I, I need want, spotlight shining I down I want it to look like the cloning facility in Attack of the Clone <laughs> where you walk in and it's just blinding white like a yeah. Sylvania commercial. Yeah. And I'll have to put uh, like some blue neon striping in here. Yeah. I'll have to basically be Tron, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tron is a little too dark for me. Okay. Brighter. Right. Brighter. Like, like, well, I'm thinking of Happier the... Happier uh, with her mouth open. I'm thinking of the, what is it, Michael Sheen, that guy? Michael his, Sheen? His, <laughs> his, Charlie Sheen's the dude with good the, brother? No, the dude with the cane. Uh, isn't that his name? Michael Caine? No. <laughs> no, in Tron Legacy. Oh, the... I think his name is Michael Sheen, isn't it? I don't know, man. You're talking about the guy that owns a nightclub? Yeah, his whole thing was white. Yeah. Like brightly lit. All right. Yeah. yeah. That's why that's what you need to go yeah. for. I want next time I'm over here, I want to see that. All I right. want to be I want to be blinded. I'm gonna get my trunk out of the closet. Blinded by the light. I was just deafened by that song. <laughs> okay. Imagine what it would be if we didn't have compression. That's all we got, man, this week. We need to go into feedback because we are running long. Long. And these listeners running long like Shaq. <laughs> uh, Darth Darth second Shaq reference. Darth Paxis. <laughs> 
uh, of our forums gave us a really nice Portal 2 review, which we're going to read and kind of interspace, intersperse my comments in on it. Okay, as long as it doesn't have too many spoilers, because I've not played it I don't think yet, it has so. any spoilers at all, Good. actually. Um, well, then do it. Yeah, so... Um, Anyway, here's the thing. Darth Praxis brought to you by Praxis. The moon with the, moon with the boom. Um, <laughs> when I confronted Gladys in the first Portal game, it was at the end of the game, a final boss fight to give the story a solid conclusion. When I faced Gladys in Portal 2, I was roughly a third of the way through the story. This is a good way of summing up the difference between the two games. Yes. Uh, Portal 2 is a much meatier gameplay experience than Portal 1. And, I would hope so. Yeah, for $60. Yeah. Um, Portal 2 has a distinct story consisting of three parts, each introducing new story and gameplay elements. I personally found the game impossible to play in one sitting, which is what the game needs. Portal 1 ended up being the game that I would speedrun every now and then. His, mm-hmm. his best time. He's, he's doing a little humble brag here of 50 minutes. That's pretty good. I got it down to eight seconds. Eight you, seconds? Yeah. You, just basically, you got some work to do. Man. And that, that included the credits. Yeah. The credit sequence at the end. <laughs> I sped those up. You had to hack it to speed it up to 100 times. Yep. But uh, anyway... Portal 2 is most definitely not a speedrunning game, at least in single player. And he'll get to the co-op just in just a second. Uh, like in Portal Chell, the protagonist is the only human present in the game. And like many other game protagonists uh, before her, she isn't very talkative. Which they actually make some really clever jokes about the fact that you your character can't talk. Okay. Because the robot in the very beginning was like doing cognitive functions. And he's like, <laughs> uh, all right, can, do you understand what I'm saying? And it says push X to say yes. And you hit X and you just jump. And he goes, uh, you just jumped. Uh, <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? And it says press X to, to affirm. And you press X and you jump. Yeah. And he goes, uh, you jumped again. Okay, you're retarded. We can work with this. <laughs> it's like really, really clever writing. Awesome. Um, so thus the dialogue is left up to Gladys, the bumbling robot named Wheatley, and recordings of Aperture Science long dead CEO Cave Johnson, voiced by Ellen McLean. Stephen Merchant and J.K. Simmons, respectively. A uh, little side note, that's also my porn name. <laughs> um, every, t- every line from Gladys continued guilt-tripping to Wheatley's bumbling incompetence to Johnson's slow descent into madness, showing just how screwed up Aperture Science became under his leadership is amusing and witty. Uh, I love Gladys. It's, it's not... She's not guilt-tripping. It's passive-aggressive. Yeah. And it's the yeah. best passive-aggressive ever. Yeah. Um... The achievements uh, show the same sort of wit. For example, the end of the uh, the end to the final boss fight has to be seen to be believed, and the achievement that goes with it is lunacy. And as a description, that just happened. Uh, the <laughs> nice. only problem is the loading scenes because there's one after almost every challenge. But then they showcase the care that Val put into the story. Uh, what? What does he mean by loading scenes, well, yeah. and what platform is he playing on? Uh, I don't know, but like I know in the PS3, every single time you get to the end of the level, you step in the elevator and you go up, it fades to black. Oh, really? And then they there's didn't also do that on the yeah, and one. there's also like when you get to the top, there's the, an almost identical room that every test station begins in, mm-hmm. and there's these like funny different like motivational logos are animated in that room and i feel like that's like a pre-loading room too yeah like it's continuing to load until you get to the actual testing chamber. i'd be interested to see if that's the case on pc i don't know well maybe especially it doesn't PC. have to load from a disc well yeah, say you get but, the goddamn sd card of doom but it doesn't have thing. to load from a disc like that's important right 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 so um so the co-op mode tells the story of two robots atlas and peabody who gladys has selected for the cooperative initiative and I haven't done the co-op because fucking PlayStation Network has been down. <laughs> Steam's not Fuck down. Her. Go on that. You got Steam coming. That's true. I do. Um, but I just like playing on the couch. Nah, so do I. 
These two robots also have a couple of cameos in a single-player story. This mode shows great promise, but it takes the right partner to be able to reach it, like marriage. No. Uh, while there's a matchmaking feature, I recommend that you avoid it as much as possible. This, oh God, yeah, I can even imagine getting <laughs> getting griefed, in getting griefed in the uh, co-op two-player game. Terrible. Yeah, just be like getting pissed on. <laughs> um, this mode is meant to be shared with friends, not random strangers on the internet. Also, make sure that you and your partner in science both have the healthy understanding of how portals work and of the new elements introduced in single player. I gotta say, I was hoping that Jack would be advanced enough, my son, my four and a half years old, to play this <laughs> because he? he's getting pretty good at games. Uh, but first person shooters are beyond him. It's like not he ended up just staring thing. at the floor and going yeah. in circles, and like I'd be like, "Okay, now go left," and he doesn't like from a per- first person. He doesn't when, I, when you say it's... go left, you usually mean kind of go towards like the center. You know, like you don't mean just like literally turn left. You mean kind of like go to the left hallway. Yeah, or. Either that or, like, go to the left side of the screen. Right. But how do you do that in a first-person shooter, you Right. Know? Plus, it's like he, you know, you have to, there's a lot of just, like, intuitively understanding the 3D interface mm-hmm. that he doesn't have the fine motor control because it's, it's like the, yeah. it, the stick is, like, full on or full back. There's no, like, little <laughs> fine uh, tunes. And he doesn't understand, yeah. like, strafing, which is... I realized watching him play it's a concept like like now that you don't have these like in doom where everything was at right angles, you have to strafe around corners kind of hmm. it just makes things moving around staircases and stuff so much more natural because yeah. you can keep your eye on where you're going like sure. in real life and still be locomoting. So it just was a disaster. So, but it's, strafing is something you never do in real life. No, <laughs> you never well, walk sideways. No, no one walks. You sideways. don't walk sideways, but you you can you can divorce which direction you're going from your head movement. Sure, yes, and you do that instinctively. But you know, mm-hmm. so um, so my dreams of playing co-op with Jack split screen died a very quick death. <laughs> yeah. um, so. He said he's been he's done uh, co-op with a random stranger and a friend who's played oh. Portal 1 but not Portal 2. He could honestly say that both experiences took away from my enjoyment of the mode due to the inability to communicate to the first, in the first instance. Hmm. The icons make nonverbal communication possible, but it's hard to communicate multiple multi-step plans this way. Yeah. And babysitting my friend through the new features to be found in Portal 2 in the second. Overall, Portal 2 is an improvement over the original, managed to be challenging without being impossible, while keeping the idea of thinking with portals fresh and interesting in the this long-awaited sequel. Uh, thank you for that, Darth. Uh, yeah, we're thank you actually, very much. I'm going to uh, post that review on our site, and it's because I kind of did a little bit of editing and you know, j- talking over his shit mm. because it's our show, damn it. But uh, I'll post that to the site, and th- hell, that you know, we could use some more content if people want to send reviews of stuff. We'll post that. We might read some, but sure. we'll always post the stuff on our site. If um, and uh, uh, what else can I say about Portal? I'm about four hours into it. Okay. And it is definitely because the thing is, is like there is a lot of stuff that's kind of slow in Portal One because you don't really get the idea that Gladys is insane until until the very end. Right? Well, or about well. halfway through. Yeah. Uh, here, as soon as you meet her, she like <laughs> knows you, and you're a fucking monster, and it's so funny because like the first thing she said to me, like when I got through the test, is like. Oh, the results of this test are in, and you're a horrible person. <laughs> we weren't even testing for that. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and then as you're stepping off the elevator, it's like, it's like it must be comforting for you to know that science validated your your mother's decision to abandon you on a doorstep <laughs> 30 years ago. I mean, she's wow. just ruthless. Yeah. And the way she says it, too, is so sure. delicious. It's, it's like... 
it's devoid of any real emotion, but it's but it's almost an implied emotion. Like, yeah, she hates you, but it oh, but you yes. can't tell it by the tone of her voice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, they what... do. She's a lot more human. Oh, is I she? mean, it's okay. still that flat kind of operator tone, but uh-huh. just with a a hint of snark. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really well done. Cool. And I was like laughing, at, and that's when I was playing. I actually got frustrated with some of the puzzles mm. because I wanted to get through them to get to the next interaction with Gladys. <laughs> because nice. she's like, she says a testing protocol uh, prohibits her speaking to you during the test. So like, so once, they need okay, go, I, go. which I thought like I think this should be triggers uh, throughout the test where she says random bullshit to you all the time. Yeah, because well, they just need to make a Portal Two movie. Yeah, that's what they need. Get and rid it, of the gameplay elements. Just give us. It, it, it's nice when you have the robots with you because they give. They're funny too. Starring Mel funny. Gibson <laughs> as Glados. Portal Three eliminated. An abusive Jews. racist. Yeah, Glados. Right, right. So, um, anyway, uh, oh, we got one more piece of feedback. Stoffa's corner. We uh, fucked him it. out of it. Do and it. His revenge is. Uh, it's a short but sweet email. But well, he wants sorry, two... Stoffa. We got the long show this week. We can't. <laughs> we unfortunately can't fit. No. He wants two accents. He wants the first one done in an Adam West Batman Ooh, voice, and then switch to Christian Bale Batman halfway through. And he <laughs> actually has. He did a good job at, at, at doing the dialogue in those styles, but I don't have a good mm. West. Neither do I, man. What's your best West? It's What's your bad. best Western? It's bad. Hit me with it. Hit me with I, it. Like, I can't even think of how he sounds right now. Uh, give um, me, uh, uh, it's that dastardly penguin old chum. That fiendish penguin old chum. That's something he would say. No, I can't. I, like, literally, I can't even approximate it. Yes, it's that fiendish penguin old chum. No, no I'm, I'm not. I, I, I'm so bad I want to go West. Shatner, which is very close. But it's. It's a little more over the top. It's like Shatner with a little bit more, like Shakespeare. Like, like Shatner was a classically trained Shakespearean uh, actor. Because everything. And if Shatner very... were wearing tights, like I feel that's what brings yes. the Adam West. Yeah. Maybe if I had a pair of tights, I could pull off an Adam Tighty, West. Like you, if, if your balls are like bound up tightly, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. So I can do a pretty good. I can do a pretty good. Uh, Christian Bale Batman. Uh, well, bring it then, because like. I don't know if we can just stumble through the West. All right, well, you go to the to West. You to do the, the West then. Do I don't have it pulled oh, okay. up, man. Well, then uh, I'll do. I'm gonna do both. Do both. Fuck you, Jim. I did it last time, man. I did the Russian. <sighs> you didn't do two. Well, you didn't. You did a hell of a job. Yeah, I did. In many games, there are many faceless do-gooders who side with you, old chum, and die without <laughs> anyone caring. They do not fall in noble deaths. If the game puts no effort in honoring the work that has been done to fight crime and stop evil, the game would have three or four heroic soldiers. And if anything happens to one of them, then the other main characters will feel pain and sorrow until the end of the game when we realize they are still alive. Where are they? Who are you working for? Where are the drugs? I'm Batman. Staffa. <laughs> All right. Um, I call this a Transformer uh, phenomenon where, like, Optimus Prime, when he found that Jazz died, he's literally holding Jazz in two broken parts in his arms, and he goes... Oh, poor Jazz. Whoop, throws him over his shoulder. But our asses, you know, and he just basically went on like yeah. nothing happened. Like his first in command, his chief lieutenant dies in combat. And yeah. he spends yeah. one half. It'd been better if they didn't even acknowledge it. Or if you're not going to have yeah. if you're not going to have death be weighty, why even do it? Sure. So these games, if they kill off a sidekick, 
and don't spend any time on the emotional impact of it or make you feel anything for the character, mm-hmm. why the hell are you doing it? Why not just have him keep living and wisecracking for another day? And this, I mean, this is a syndrome even in what should be games that really take advantage of this, military shooters. Right. Like military movies, you see someone die, like someone's buddy die, yeah. and it is like a 20-minute ordeal right. with extreme emotions right. or whatever but in games there's no such thing i've never seen a cutscene where somebody dies and it's like all emotional the only one that i can think of where i felt genuine loss and and actually violates stuff is like they come back later alive uh is in shadow of the colossus when your horse argo apparently dies in the final boss fight but then you find out that after the end of the game uh in the final cutscene, your character actually dies argo manages to limp back and, you know, be there for the girl that you fought the game to resurrect. Spoiler and all alert. That. Well, goddamn, <laughs> It's 20 man. years old Yeah, now. no kidding. But I'm like, I actually felt genuine loss when Argo died. Like, I wasn't crying, but I actually felt like, God, I was depressed. Yeah. Um, kind of like when the ending of Braveheart. <laughs> That's the level of emotion I was Lots feeling. of Mel Gibson references yeah. in this episode. What is going on? He's a cultural touchstone. It was Shaq. We transitioned from Shaq in this episode. And yeah, we're doing Mel Gibson's penis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not doing it. You might be doing it. Uh, you think he's circumcised? No way, He's got man. such a... Yeah, I mean, he's Gentile no. through yeah. and through. He wants you to know it. <laughs> he wants you to feel it. Yeah, he's had his foreskin uh, <laughs> extended, enhanced. <laughs> There's no rule about that in the Bible. No, he stands there in front of a mirror every night with like a five-pound weight. Just, you know. Stretch. It's like people who stretch their ears in some cultures. Yeah. He's stretching out his foreskin. He wears like a belt. That's, oh is that a snakeskin belt that you've got in? Like, uh, no, no it, it's his kilt. Like, that's what he used as a kilt in Braveheart. He's <laughs> wrapped it around himself. And, and like, used magic marker. <laughs> plaid. <laughs> yeah. Painted his scrotum plaid, plaid. Plaid foreskin. Oh, um, God. Ugh. But, yeah, that's what I felt. And then when he came back, it was kind of like, oh, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, most of the time it's just like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to be pissed off now. My character certainly is. It's hard to convey that in the process of playing a game, right? I mean, yeah. they'd have to do that almost in a cutscene sort of way. Like, the only person I could trust to pull that off would be, at this point, Valve. Yeah, to because To do they, anything in-game that might even approach that. They made the loss of, like, like um, they make deaths in, in Half-Life 2 meaningful. Like, who's the girl in that? Cause she, Alex. Alex, like, she almost dies, and then her dad... Uh, spoiler alert in episode two actually does die mm. and you know several other people die and it's like it, it there is some horror and, and and it serves a purpose other than just oh you know yeah <laughs> generic rage is fueling your character now sure so, so uh, they're really the only ones i could trust to do that now i could see somebody like square doing that in like a cutscene. yeah like you they're, know, they're well done cutscenes. Isn't so. that like a famous example in Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, when Eris dies or, right. or whatever. Her Which name is, is funny because I watched a friend of mine. Uh, she actually replayed Final Fantasy while I was doing something else, and she got. She's like, "Oh, you're not going to be ready for this," and she still got like got choked up. And I'm like, "Wait, these are like boxy anime characters. <laughs> How in the hell can I take any of this seriously?" Yeah, I mean, even the cutscene was just so. I don't know. I don't know. It got to me a little bit. Like, well, that but was, I mean, that was emotionally impactful. But I was watching the game, like, not emulated, not uh, enhanced in any way. I was watching the game that came out in '97 and on had a you, modern day system, and being underwhelmed by the presentation. Had you played everything up until then? 
No, I'm I'm not into Final Fantasy at all. No, no, no. I I just mean in that game. Yeah, I watched it. Uh huh. So wait, you watched the yeah. game? Yeah, I watched because she 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 was beating the game, and I was like you know working on my laptop and stuff. But I paid attention to plot and what was going on. Oh, okay. But it just didn't touch mm-hmm. me. I mean, you know, yeah. I wasn't invested in the characters at that level because again, okay. I just thought it's like I the bought the fights were so fucking boring to watching yeah watching oh yeah and they were boring to play yeah that's the signature of final fantasy yeah. is boring fights yeah great <laughs> okay that's it man we're cutting this off we're cutting it off at like four hours here awesome done love it uh some more social media shall we uh well you can find uh we've uh given several mentions of the forums you can find at forums.baldmove.com yeah. slash bald move twitter uh, at bald move facebook slash uh, facebook.com slash bald move um, send us an email at blue yonder at bald move.com we'll send anything obviously adam west uh, accents uh 30 minute reviews what well, just send them yeah just send everything if they don't if we don't send think they suck got. and we got time to read them we'll definitely read them and if you're bill gates send money yeah definitely because yeah. i could I, I want to get to my 20 percent uh, escape send us 20 percent of your money we can retire yeah yeah i want escape money yeah i don't care about them kids in africa and digging wells in <laughs> india Bill and Melinda, selfish. Show us, <laughs> show us some love. Giving computers. Charity to starts on a home. Planet. Bill. Charity starts at home. <laughs> wow. All Plus right. World's first in line for handouts. Great. With that said. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jim Jones and I'm Aaron Hubbard. Ciao.